Hello everyone. I'm Shwetangana Chakrabarti, the editor of The International Educator. A big warm welcome to the Thai podcast series. The Thai podcasts aim to bring alive the latest research in education, leadership strategies, DEIJ initiatives, classroom stories and student initiatives. Thai will be inviting the thought leaders, the school leaders, the student leaders in international education to share their stories with our audience. In the next 20 to 30 minutes, we will take you through a journey of excellence in education. This is our way of building capacity within our community by inspiring, equipping and empowering you with the finest examples of practice in education. Keep listening and keep sharing. Warm welcome to everybody. Uh, this podcast is being brought to you by jointly by the International Educator and the Principals Training Center. Both the uh, PTC and TIE are arms of the same nonprofit organization and I'm Bambi Betts, the CEO of our overarching organization. Since the beginning over 3 decades ago, our mission has always been the same and it's to provide services and tools to advance learning and leading and teaching in international schools. And as many of you will know, uh, PTC provides professional learning opportunities for educators and for leaders and TAI that uh, provides recruitment and career development tools as well as curates and creates content relevant to international schools. So as a service organization, we like probably you in your schools feel that we have a moral obligation, a moral responsibility to continually explore and you know and create new ways uh, to assist international schools to remain that kind of have that laser focus on their purpose of more and better learning for all kids the ones that are in their charge so in fact this whole series that um you're going to be engaging with is dedicated to exploring one such major tool and this is the use of the standards of practice for international educators as one way to advance quality teaching to uplift the profession this is really important to us is that these we want to uplift the profession we often have issues with whether we are a full-fledged profession and one of the ways that we can do that is through the establishment and promotion uh, and reaching towards standards and of course their application um to achieve more equity of access by all kids to quality teaching so that's kind of the big overarching idea so over the past several years Thai and the PTC have collaborated with researchers and practitioners who are really focused on this idea of quality teaching being the major ingredient the difference uh, to learning and teaching. And together we've established these international standards of practice. Apart from that, many schools around the world have realized the power of standards in general uh, to impact learning and today we're going to have a conversation about that with some representatives of a particular international school to guide us to the diving in piece here we've invited Sue Easton who is our director of programs at the PTC uh, to get us started so Sue over to you 
Welcome to the podcast, Leanne. We are so happy to have you here from Shattuck St. Mary's Forest City International School. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners, telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Shattuck in relation to working with teachers and teacher development? Sure. Hi to everybody listening out there. Uh, my name is Leanne and I am a secondary school principal and a founding member here at Shattuck St. Mary's. Um, I'm also going to be a PTC facilitator this um, June. I'm a mentor for ALOC and I'm a mom of two secondary school teenagers. Great. Thanks, Leanne. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at Shattuck and how you work with teachers in regards to their um, professional growth? Sure. So I'm primarily a secondary school principal. So I am um, in charge of um, our teachers' professional growth. So from from using teacher standards to observations and and leading them through self reflections and evaluation. So the whole shebang. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Now, I know that um, Shattuck has been going through a process to develop your professional growth plan. So can you share with us where you are now in the process and where you started? Sure. Uh, maybe I'll backtrack a bit. Um, so we actually just opened five years ago. So we're a rather new school. And as a new school, we recognize the importance of having teacher standards in place to ensure that every classroom has a consistent, competent, caring teacher. And we initially adopted um, actually teacher standards that were traditionally used in our main campus in the US. However, we found that there were too many of them and which made it difficult for our teachers at that time to keep track and for the admin to ensure that teachers were meeting them. So at one point for us, it felt a little bit more like a compliance rather than something that we wanted to use for growth. So as a whole school team, we worked together to find standards that were simpler, um, research-based and made sense for our international teacher population. So we ultimately became a PTC school and we adapted the TTC standards. So once we found the right standards, we did a lot of work in aligning them to our guiding statements and core values so that it made sense for our teachers. Um, we also worked with our teachers to identify possible evidence for these standards in their classes. So currently we are on the first stage of the rollout, which is really building awareness of all the standards and expectations. So what we did, um, that was what we did during COVID. And now that we're back post-COVID, um, as a pilot, we took the first standard actually on um, using research-based strategies and we focused on applying this standard to two of our school goals, which was um, ensuring student-centered teaching and catering to our multilingual learners. So using the research-based strategy standard to apply to our school goals. So within that, we did this pilot, created a rubric, provided training for teachers to be able to meet the standard. Um, we did self-assessments and included student voice just recently by sending out surveys about this standard. So the phase two will be really um, including the rest um, of the standards and um, introducing benchmarks and indicators and 
rubrics for the teachers. Um, phase three will be teaching them how to collect evidence through portfolios. And phase four is including our students in the process. So it, it's a lot of phases and we do really listen to um, our teachers' needs and where they are in the transition process. So we really wanna make it um, just right for their pace. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic to hear about your process, Leanne. I think one of the things that I sometimes hear about the uh, standards that have been created by the PTC is people saying, but there's no rubric to go with them. And the way that you have approached it is exactly how they are meant to be used, that they are the basis of the creation of your growth and supervision plan, but that it is specifically within your context. And I really love how you said that you unpacked it related to two of your goals, one standard related to two of your goals, which means that down the road in five years, if your goals have changed, then it may look different for what you are looking for in the classroom as well. So I love it that you're really focusing on the context. We're going to want to hear back from you about the implementation and how it goes. So that's fantastic. Now, as part of the podcast, we wanted to share the set of standards that uh, you have based yours on and that Bambi talked about at the beginning um, that were created by the PTC in conjunction with James Strong and with input from Kevin Simpson at ALOC and that are now part of the Thai resume builder for teachers to be able to show evidence of international professional standards to schools seeking candidates. In fact, we have a school who is piloting um, having their whole professional growth and supervision plan, the evidence being put into tie. So when you get there, that's going to be a good conversation. Um, so I want to focus on just one standard with you, knowing that one of the things that teachers struggle with is just knowing what evidence to collect from their inquiry in relation to the impact on student learning. So I'd like to talk to you about uh, the standard for international teachers, number nine, which says that international school teachers will model the skills and attitudes of global citizenship, multilingualism, anti-racism and intercultural sensitivity and proactivity. So my question to you is, what evidence would you be looking for or listening for for this professional standard? I mean, you're looking at number one right now. This is number <laughs> nine of the standards. So what would you be looking for and how might a teacher collect evidence in a portfolio or if you were using the, the Thai sure. resume build? Yeah, so actually with this, we, we've actually already finished um, identifying um, indicators and benchmarks for all of them. So basically like this last one was the one that kind of like, we were stuck a little bit here because it's just really so, it's such a huge standard and there's so much to unpack and it's just so important as well um, in the international community. So what we've done is we've pretty much broken down this, this standard into three parts. So, you know, in the, in the, in light of global citizenship, multilingualism, anti-racism, intercultural sensitivity and proactivity, we divided that into three parts. So the first one is we do expect um, teachers to first demonstrate a deep understanding. So that would be the first indicator for us. The second would be 
um, to incorporate this into instruction and classroom practices. And the third part for us is to collaborate with colleagues and engage the broader school community to promote these ideas. So we've um, now that we've like broken them down into three parts, we're now able to seek um, the right evidence for each of that and also create observable sort of benchmarks and actions for each. So um, we've we've identified a lot actually of um, um, possible evidence. So for example, for demonstrating your understanding, we talked about um, you know evidence of attending relevant PD sessions, um, personal reflections or statements, um, classroom observations highlighting your um, understanding, written documentation, lesson plans, your blogs, um, social media, um, collaborative work with your school leaders. Um, in incorporating it in the classroom, we talked about um, finding evidence in, in instructional materials that explicitly integrate these ideas, examples of um, classroom practices that create um, an inclusive and welcoming environment. If you're a restorative justice school like us, that would be you incorporating the practices in your class, um, data demonstrating impact of instructional strategies, um, using data to drive your assessment. There's really a lot. Um, and with the collaboration part with colleagues, um, it's really a lot of documentation of your own participation in school-wide initiatives that promote diversity and inclusion, multicultural fairs, um, diversity days if you have one, um, feedback from families and community partners, and maybe um, evidence of collaboration with um, community organizations um, as well. So it's 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 a lot. <laughs> yeah, fantastic starting list. I need to ask you, because I think our listeners will want to know. So when um, this list was created and even the indicators themselves, who was the team that worked on um, on this creation, this sort of unpacking of the standards? Yeah, so it actually, it was unpacked in parts. So it would be our teaching, uh, our faculty is actually still small. So we're only about 45. And so um, under my team, I have around 23 teachers and in the lower school, they have almost the same. So it wasn't really difficult for us to kind of get together and talk about these things. So we've had different versions. We've had focus groups, we've had um, but, but there was always um, teachers involved um, in the process as well. So we're not really done done yet. Um, we want to bring it back again and have them look at it. Um, and so, yeah, so so there's always teacher voice um, included in the process. That's fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing your insights. Um, finally, in one line, is there any advice that you would give to schools to enhance the use of professional standards in their international school? That's the main focus of our podcast, right? So is there one piece of advice that you would give them to enhance? And is there one thing that you would tell them to absolutely avoid doing? I have <laughs> I have two to um, do to move forward and one to avoid. Is that okay? <laughs> Sure. So the first um, one, one thing to do in moving forward is really involving your teachers in the process of selecting and adapting standards, as well as um, talking about evidence that that you would like to see in their classes. So just include them in the conversation. 
The second important thing to do, I think, is to ensure, and this is super important, I guess also for us here, is to ensure that there is a professional development training available to support each standard. So please do not ask your teachers to meet a particular standard without providing them with the necessary support to do so. So that is something I think that is quite important. And one thing to avoid is maybe don't use standards as a punitive tool for evaluating or disciplining your teachers. Um, instead, focus on using it as a tool for growth and improvement. Great. I'm going to have to dig in a little bit to both of those. So the PD, first of all, uh, totally agree that professional development is important. The number one thing that I hear back from um, participants is that there's just no time, that they don't feel that they have time, not only for professional development, but even for team meetings where professional development can happen. So are there any strategies that you use at your school to sort of make time for the professional learning? Yes, um, but this really required a lot of risk <laughs> and bravery on our part. We had revamped our entire scheduling system to um, really create uh, days for collaboration. So our we actually have formal classes Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, and Wednesday is a flex day for everybody, including our students. And so we've we've innovated that day so that we can students can have time for their own innovations and collaborations, and teachers have time as well um, to do that. So so we do intentionally carve out time throughout um, the week to be able to to do these things. Fantastic. It is very difficult though, but yeah. <laughs> you can. Do it. <laughs> yes. What's the most difficult part that has come from that? I think it's really the mind shift of yeah. needing to work harder than work smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. And I want to dig into the other part that you said, do not use the standards for evaluation. So at the beginning, you talked about having the standards was such an important thing to ensure that you had a caring, effective professional in front of every classroom. So how do you put those two together? Like if the standards are there for there to be a caring professional, but you don't use them to evaluate teachers, then what do you use to evaluate teachers? So, so we use the standards to provide ongoing feedback and support for teachers to help them meet the standards. So you don't go in there creating you know, a culture of fear, um, the teachers and expecting that they, they would get everything perfectly, um, you, know, you promote mistrust and th that can really discourage teachers to take risk or try new things in the classroom. So we really wanna make sure that the teachers um, look at the standards as a tool for growth and improvement the same way um, that we are a standards-based school and we want our students to also look at the standards um, as a tool for growth and improvement. And I think that's one, one reason why I think it works for us is because we're also practicing it with our students and we're also practicing it with each other. And so it becomes this whole, <laughs> I think, uh, dynamic you know, process for, for everybody and it just makes sense and, and organically it kind of becomes the culture um, because it's something that you practice and the kids practice and the kids see us as well practice it. Wonderful. I love that parallel. And that makes me think that if there was a teacher who was 
struggling outside of the bounds of uh, professional growth that you might um, still use the standards, but that it would be a parallel track as well. It would be an improvement. Yes, track. definitely. We have, um, we've created and we've also used um, an improvement plan that is very much aligned um, to this. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Leanne. We really appreciate your uh, your experience and your input. And I think you're going to be really helpful for our listeners. So until next time, this is Sue Easton from the Thai Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Thai Podcast. We will be back again with more to keep you informed and to keep you connected with international educators from around the world. Do check out our website for more news and research articles on international education. Also, write to me at editor at tieonline.com if you would like to share an article. Article submission details can also be found on our website www.tieonline.com. Once again, thank you and hope you learned something new today. Stay kind and stay connected. See you soon.